What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. It really is a crapshoot right now. You can be as hopeful as you want or you can be as negative as you want. The NFL is built so that most teams end up 8-8 or somewhere around there. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman. My guest this week is former Sports Illustrated writer turned Chicago Sun-Times sports columnist extraordinaire Rick Tellender. Rick, thanks so much for joining us. This is a real treat for me. <laughs> My pleasure, Fran. It's football season. Fall is in the air. Hope springs eternal. The Chicago Bears haven't lost a game yet. They haven't played a game. Let's not, you know, let's be real. They open the season on Sunday night football on national TV on NBC against the L.A. Rams in L.A. This team was a mediocre eight and eight last year, Rick, after being a contender the year before, or so we thought anyway. How hopeful should we be about this team of ours? There's so much in the air, Fran, that it really is a crapshoot right now. You can be as hopeful as you want, or you can be as negative as you want. The NFL is built so that most teams end up eight and eight or somewhere around there. That's kind of what they look for is parity. And they seem to get a do a pretty good job of it year after year. The big question for the Bears, of course, is this quarterback issue. Justin Fields, uh, you know, the first round pick coming in from Ohio State. The guys look very good. People compare him, you know, if they're very optimistic to guys like Patrick Mahomes, uh, who is everybody's favorite quarterback right now. But Andy Dalton is the veteran who was brought in to start the season and hopefully help Justin Fields become the quarterback that people think he could be. Ryan Pace, the general manager, certainly thinks he's got, you know, the real deal. But we know Ryan Pace's <laughs> issues from the past. Um, he, you know, when he took Mitchell Trubisky, traded way up to get him, and that didn't work out. So long answer to um, a short question, how will the Bears be? Eh, if you want to be optimistic, you could say 10 and 6. And if you are even 11 and five, but if you want to be pessimistic, you could say uh, six and 10, or excuse me, seven and 10, there's 17 games this year, which we also have to factor into this. So um, yeah, maybe 11 and six and maybe seven and 10. When you look around the league, Rick, you see so many rookie quarterbacks getting the starting nod. You've got, of course, Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick, but you also have people like Zach Wilson at the Jets. You've got Mac Jones up in New England. 
I mean, why are the Bears playing this waiting game, this Aaron Rodgers style waiting game? As as we know, Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre for years. It didn't do him any harm at all. It did him some good, obviously. So which school of thought do you believe in? Do you believe in the throw him in the water, take advantage of his rookie contract school? Or do you believe in the let him wait, let him sit, let him learn? School. Well, Fran, you know, both techniques have worked and it depends on the quarterback. It depends on the system. You can throw guys in there, rookies who you think are very good. I think Troy Aikman was an example and they just get the living crud beat out of them. Uh, you know, on the other hand, you can put them in and you get a guy, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes, but he sat for a while. There's no real guaranteed way to do this. The NFL chews up its players. We know that. And you brought up an interesting point, though. There are so many good quarterbacks, seemingly year after year, so many hopeful ones. There's even this guy, Trey Lance. We know nothing about him. Uh, he's He might be injured now. He's projected to be a starter. I don't remember him at all from college, at all. I mean, nothing. So uh, the same with uh, Trubisky when the Bears drafted him. He'd only played. I don't know, not even a, a full season or a, uh, one season at a game, something like that at, at North Carolina. So we really didn't even know anything about the guy. So you're taking uh, a flyer. Um, th- do we know that much about Justin Fields? We've seen him in college. He plays in the Big Ten. He played in the Big Ten. So that helped. He didn't have a great game against Northwestern, which is very interesting. But he did play well uh, leading into the national championship. The guy seems to have the head for the game. He seems to be right. Uh, but, you know, when you get tackled, uh, when you get when you think that you could roll out and you've got that extra two-tenths of a second to throw a pass and you get nailed from the blind side by a defensive end who is unlike anything you've ever gone against in college, you know, that's the moment of truth. And that's where quarterbacks can just get destroyed. It's um, the NFL is so fast that, yeah, the players are huge and they're strong. But the thing about it is the difference is it is so fast. You just don't have the time to do the things you used to do uh, when you're playing against lesser opponents in college. So uh, everybody learns that some people flourish right off the bat. I would say that Justin Fields will start for the Bears by the fifth game is my guess. And we'll look back on this and say it wasn't that big a deal. Sitting the way Aaron Rodgers did um, behind Brett Favre, I mean, that's the anomaly. You had you have two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, you know, one under the other. It reminds you of Joe Montana um, when, when he was there and Steve Young when he was there with the 49ers, both of them. And Young had to sit for a while. Well, two Hall of Famers. So if you think that uh, Andy Dalton's a Hall of Famer, or if you think that Justin Fields is a Hall of Famer, well, you know, get out of the way. <laughs> but, um, you know, quarterback controversies are what everybody loves. I mean, it just it keeps your juices going. And don't the economics of the NFL dictate that a team has got to take early advantage of the rookie contract? Yes. Yes, it does. And, you know, I'm not real i'm not a real contract and uh you know a salary cap expert all that kind of stuff but yes you do you've got to make what it really comes down to is you're drawing a card 
and you have to decide. You haven't seen it. You got to decide if it's an ace or a jack or it might be a two. And, you know, the odds are it's going to be a seven or an eight, six, seven or eight, something in there. So if you think you got an ace, not only will you save on their contracts by, you know, adjusting right away, you also will get their career going right away. Um, you know, one thing that's interesting, Tom Brady played all 20 games last year en route to winning the Super Bowl for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And not many quarterbacks do that. I mean, only the ones who played in the Super Bowl played 20, and now it'll be, I guess, 21 games. I don't know how anybody can make it through that many NFL games without getting hurt. Brady did not. However, we have found out recently he played the whole season with a torn uh, MCL in his knee. He wore a brace, but it was torn. And he adapted. And that's the kind of thing a guy like Brady can do because – He's slower than uh, offensive lineman he was on draft day. You know, he, running is not what he does. Well, I think he ran like a 5-2-3 or a 5-2-6-40. I mean, there's lots of offensive linemen that are faster than that, 300-pound guys. So that wasn't a factor. But he played hurt, but we didn't know it. And he played, he played well. He played all 20 games. So if you think you got a quarterback – that can start all 20 games. That would be 21 winning the Super Bowl and uh, be competent through it all. Man, um, better go with him. And the Bears are loaded at quarterback when you think about it. It's amazing. Here's a team that hasn't had a great quarterback in, in absolutely forever. I mean, every time they're on national TV, they play the crawl of the, the Bears quarterbacks through the years. <laughs> and it's a joke. And yet this year they have Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, and Nick Foles. Does any other team spend as much money on quarterbacks and have as many that – could play potentially? Can they afford to carry these guys? Well, you know, you're getting foals pretty cheap. Um, Dalton is cheaper too because you know he was very good quarterback for not not great, never great, but he was very good. I think he went to three Pro Bowls. Um, so, and Fields, of course, is a rookie. So this is something you're going to have this one year. And uh, yes, I, I think it's pretty fortunate. People are really down on. Nick Foles, and he may be completely over the hill. Same with Andy Dalton. You don't know, and you got a rising guy in Justin Fields. So a lot of uncertainty. But if you look at it in one way, yeah, they're doing quite well at quarterback right now. Um, you know, because guys do get hurt, and you will go to the bench at some point during the season. So you don't think that Nick Foles will be traded anytime soon? You think they'll carry him through the season, these three quarterbacks? Well, you know, again, I'm not really up on what the salary cap is, where they stand, what they would have to, um, you know, what, what, how much they're mortgaging the future, which is always thinking how many draft picks they've lost and all that, uh, you know, from trades. But um, it might not be a bad idea. I mean, I, I think they could do it. I'm not sure who else would, you know, what value any of those guys other than Fields have for another team except as backups. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I can see them all, all three of them going through the season, especially if somebody gets hurt right away, which can happen. I mean, listen, everybody makes plans based on what the team is on the roster opening day. Yeah. But, you know, by midway through the seasons, don't forget 17 games. I don't think the body can handle 17 NFL games. I believe they'll be virtually 100% injured uh, in that 
virtually every starter, I don't know if he'll miss a game, but every starter will certainly miss practice and certainly be limited in some way in games that we won't even know about. So it's a really odd game. If you just played three games, that was your season. Wow. There's your starting lineup. Just go for it. We got the best team. We're going to smoke everybody. But long about game number 12, uh, it's like, okay, who's still standing? It's really the way it is when the smoke is cleared. Uh, it's such a, uh, a brutal game. Now, how much of this decision uh, to play or not play Justin Fields plays into the fact that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are on the clock? I mean, this is their this is their year that they must produce or else both of them could be gone. Yeah, I always find that fascinating. Um, coaches and general managers have multiple multiple uh, goals and multiple thought processes and plans and plots. And one is you plan for the future. Well, <laughs> dude, you might not be here. So you really want to do that? On the other hand, you don't plan for the future and you are here. You're screwed down the road. So Justin Fields creates a bit of a dilemma for both of them. Yeah, you're exactly right. If they put him in there and he gets just annihilated, well, they're, they're going to be savaged uh, for playing him, not letting him do the Aaron Rodgers, you know, wait on the sidelines and learn thing. On the other hand, if uh, Andy Dalton doesn't do well and uh, they have to go to Foles and it's too late and you already get criticized for it, well, you got to be thinking about your future there. Ryan Pace, you're right. Both these men are on the clock. They have to be. Ryan Pace has already got more chances at a general manager than than most ever would. And Nagy's got to do something. He's supposedly, um, you know, a quarterback whisperer, a guy who's really good at that. And, you know, people seem to like him. He's a decent guy. Seems like a good coach. But there's a lot that goes into it. And there's a whole lot. And if he can get Justin Fields to work for him, well, then he's just extended his own contract. <laughs> A long ways. Mitch Trubisky looks so good when he came in here with Buffalo. Now, Buffalo is a better team, obviously. Their system worked for him. But why did it not work here? I don't think he's as bad as he was accused of being. And maybe he's not as good as we hoped he would be when Ryan Pace traded up to get him. But do you what, what happened here? <laughs> yeah, these, this is, those are good questions uh <laughs> well if, if i could explain what happened uh i'd be well i'd get paid more than a general manager anyway but anyway uh it's funny also you said uh buffalo is a much better team uh, just imagine saying that you're right seems that way but imagine buffalo <laughs> with a with a great nfl team it shows the parody how it keeps going around and around with draft choices etc but um back to your question with trubisky nobody knew nobody in chicago knew anything about the guy there were draft gurus who said yeah he's going to really develop into something special but deshaun um you know watson was in that and so was patrick mahomes in the same um uh, same draft and you know watson's got his off field issues so maybe staying away from him was a pretty good idea but mahomes that's never going to go away you had a chance of getting him and you didn't he took this guy instead but then we saw him come back and play it was a preseason game don't forget people don't show all their 
cards and uh you know the offenses are really dialed back so buffalo comes in and trubisky starts and he plays so well and he's the backup quarterback don't forget so he's the backup and he looks so good and it's like well damn um boy so he screwed up twice or three times you drafted him you couldn't make him work and then he traded him and he's good so i don't know how much we can go on that the rap on trubisky was that he just didn't have that sixth sense the great quarterbacks need that that sense of i mean i don't think quarterbacks have been analyzed very well at all by the physics of what they have to do by <coughs> excuse me the mental part of what they have to do the spatial recognition there's certain intelligence that they have that uh, there's no test for that i know of and it has to do you know here's something fran when you throw a pass a 30-yard pass receiver isn't there the receiver is heading towards that place not only is the ball in the air for you know two seconds two three seconds i'm not sure how long exactly it's curving if you're a right-hander and you put a spiral on it it curves in a certain direction if you're a left-hander like steve young was and some other quarterbacks have been it curves another way in the quarterback's mind he has to be deducing where these two things will intersect <coughs> sorry and um that's that's like this kind of genius that goes on with that. You see Peyton Manning when he was at his best. Uh, it, it's just, even Mahomes. And it's like, how do they do that? I, I really don't know. To me, there's no question. Playing quarterback is by far the hardest position in any sport, any team sport. Harder than being a golfer. There's nothing like it. It's like being a golfer and putting and having people diving at your knees at the same time. So why somebody is really really good and someone is even better why someone fails very tricky uh to uh, analyze and then we have the offensive line and you know when the bears built their their championship teams jim thinks i mean he started from the inside out and i believe in that if you don't have an offensive line if you cannot protect the quarterback no matter who he is he's going to get killed the bears went out and got 39 year old uh, jason peters because they were hurting on the offensive line how can this offensive line protect anybody whoever it is <laughs> you know jason peters i even wrote about that 39 years old the guy be 40 he started 203 regular season games he's in his 18th or 17th 18th 19th year i don't even know um he's been to like a thousand pro bowls but my god he's a middle-aged man and i said uh, you know, Peters, all I can say is I hope he can get out of bed when he's 60. So anyway, maybe he'll have another Pro Bowl year. Uh, but the rest of the guys, you're right, friend. you're absolutely right. Starting with those inside pillars, the blocks, the, you know, the granite that you need is so critical. And the people who know that best are the quarterback and the running backs and the wide receivers who get a little more time to run their routes. Everything depends on the offensive line. But when a general manager drafts offensive linemen, it's not very sexy. You don't get much credit for it because, quite frankly, none of us can tell if an offensive lineman is any good or not. All we do is look at when he failed. Did he fail? Did the quarterback get sacked a lot? Did the running back rush for 100 yards or more game after game? Well, gee, we must have a good offensive line. But I can't tell. These guys are all, you know, 6'5", over 300 pounds. 
they all look like monsters to me, but they know. And again, the little tiny details, the quicker feet, the ability to recognize a very subtle defensive shift. Um, yeah, there's so many tricks on, on defense. Rushers don't come straight at you. They may delay their rush. They may go around a guy, may cross rush. And every blocking scheme that you had just falls apart because of that. So how do you adapt to that? How good is the center? The center is kind of like the quarterback on the offensive line. Does he let the other guys know what's happening? You know, Olin Krutz was a really good center for the Bears. Not big but, and, you know, smart. strong, sturdy, but smart. And, yes, smart. He was, and he made everybody around him better. So do the Bears have that? Well, it sure doesn't look like it. It looks like a patchwork offensive line. Who's the um, center? I don't even know. Yeah, good question. I don't know either. It's another faceless guy. That's a problem. (laughs) Well, yeah, (laughs) you know, we only know offensive linemen when they make mistakes. I I think about the 85 Bears team, you know, when they did win the Super Bowl. And we know a lot of those guys from Jay Hilgenberg, you know, um, on out. Um, Jimbo Covert just inducted into the Hall of Fame, you know. So uh, we know they're good. Because we heard about it, you know, kind of after their careers. And how many Pro Bowls were they voted to? Because their peers will vote them in. So, uh, yeah, again, we can all see the quarterback. We can see the wide receivers. Do they catch the ball? Okay, they got great leaping ability. Do they, you know, do stuff you don't expect? Tight ends, pretty easy to tell if there's a really good tight end. Um, you know, they get open on these short little patterns, these little moves against linebackers, and then just have hands like glue. Do you have one of those, you know, and um, you hope the Bears do. But uh, the offensive line, way underrated, hard to hard to analyze, and uh, the general consensus is the Bears don't have a great one. And the running game, which depends on the offensive line, you have David Montgomery, who seems to have the potential, but the running game has never really, I mean, in the last few years, been able to be counted on to produce the way we need it to and to dominate the time of possession. Uh, It seemed to me last year, like when Tariq Cohen went down, a lot of things went south because he had that unique X-factor ability. So what is the running game going to be this year? We don't know where Tariq Cohn is starting on the physically unable to perform list. You have Damian Williams coming in. How good is this running game going to be? Well, I'd say it's going to be average at best. You know, you brought up a good point. Tariq Cohen was a unique player. I mean, nobody even knew. He wasn't that big a star in college. I mean, the guy's tiny, but he's, it's like trying to catch – you know, a gnat with a, uh, with a sledgehammer. I'm just, just it all over the place. So all of a sudden he goes down. Now imagine you have a business and you're counting on this one, you know, president or CEO or sales executive or somebody just kind of runs everything. And next thing you know, they get hit by a truck. It's like, whoops, boy, our business is in big trouble. Well, that happens in pro football all the time. Losing Tariq Cohen just closed up the field. Uh, just button things down. You know, they weren't using him all that well, I didn't think. Uh, and people were getting kind of wise to him, to the things he could do. But when you have somebody like that, you can get him the ball, and he might just be able to guarantee at least 
one tackler is going to miss him out in the flat, somewhere like that. You don't run him up the middle. You don't want to get him killed. Uh, but running backs don't last long in the NFL. And, you know, Montgomery is, you know, he's, he's a serviceable back. What you'd love to see from the Bears in a running game is every now and then uh, they – they have a running attack that gets you 150, 200 yards. Like, whoa, man, they just ran in that game, scored on touch, you know, rushing touchdowns, things that take the pressure off of always having to pass. But there are teams now, the way the, the rules are set up, that they pass first to set up the run, which is, you know, another way. You just keep them honest, run uh, a single back out of the backfield, delayed, you know, what look like draw plays, things like that, that have actually been set up by the, uh, the validity of your, of your passing attack. So, uh, you know, I'm really, you can't tell anything from preseason games. You really can't. They're nothing. They're just glorified practices. Guys come in and out. You're looking at this, looking at that. I'm really, I'm really excited to watch this game Sunday night. I really am. Uh, the first games are really indicative of something. And to think that Matthew Stafford, the Detroit Lion quarterback forever, is starting for the Rams, and Andy Dalton, who's been all over the place and was most recently with the Bengals, those are the two guys starting for the Bears and the Rams. I find that very interesting. <laughs> you know, and I wonder, I, I think about quarterbacks. Stafford was a guy, talk about a hard luck quarterback, just going to Detroit is like, you know, it's like purgatory. Yeah, it's it's like joining the auto business, you know, <laughs> yeah, being an insult. Yeah, it's purgatory. It's like going to Cleveland. My dream Super Bowl, Cleveland Browns against the Detroit Lions. It'll never happen, but I'd love to see that. So anyway, we'll see if, um, you know, what if what if Stafford looks really good for the Rams? Be very interesting. What if I Dalton think he looks will. Good? I think he will. I like him. I think he's a very good quarterback, and he was stuck in this lousy team in Detroit, this perennial mediocre team, and now he's with a potential winner. Yeah, yeah, he is. You know, and then all of our predictions by midseason sometimes go out the window. <laughs> you, you just, you just don't know. Uh, you really don't know. So even the first game, people get like. You're zero and one, or you're one and zero. You've never lost a game in 2021, or you haven't won a game, and everybody just—we're all ready to jump off the cliff or declare a Super Bowl winner. It's hard to hold back that emotion. I mean, even me, the the veteran scribe, I get all jacked up, you know, and think, "Oh man, oh my God, this team's so good, or this team's so lousy. They're never going to win another game." But um, <laughs> I'll, I'll be glued to my seat watching this one. And the tight end position before we will stick on offense for another question. The tight end position looks like one that the bears are pretty loaded. Cole Komet. I loved him at Notre Dame. I think he's ready to make a big leap up. Jimmy Graham he has seen his better days, but he's a savvy veteran. And then they've got this guy who did pretty well in the preseason and I, his name escapes me. So they should be pretty good at tight end, right? Yes. Okay. The guy, his name escapes me too. Jones uh, oh or God. something. It's, it's weird. It? So it's, it'll come to me anyway. He caught three touchdown passes. You, it, what it got to is you can't cut the dude. <laughs> he would have been gone because you got right. Komet and Graham and Graham is that savvy veteran. I think he'll be a hall of famer. I, I, I haven't looked at his stats for career, but I'm sure he will. And he is very tall. Komet is a guy that I, we hope is learning and that He's being taught all those little moves that are so key, so critical for a tight end. 
you know, um, it, they just are because you go down six yards, seven yards, make a little move on the linebacker, catch a pass and fall forward and you get seven, eight yard gain. That's what a tight end can do. And if you don't have that, it really limits your offense. So yes, I'm hoping for that too. Uh, God, uh, that guy's name is, it's an odd name. His first name is, I can see the hair coming out of his helmet. I can see him. I just can't come over the name. Fran, you got a roster there in front of you. Just look him up, will you? All right. Well, and now let's go to the defense. The defense is okay. getting old. Okay. We have, we have obviously Khalil Mack, who was a little bit under what we expected last year. He's getting a little bit older. We have Danny Trevathan, who is hurt now, right? Um, this is an older defense. We have Roquan Smith, who we like really well, except that uh, he was injured last year. Uh, we have no Kyle Fuller. We have Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson. Where are we on defense? Can they get the takeaways that they did not have last year? Well, um, you brought up a good point. Khalil Mack came in. The first time when he first got here, he seemed worth every penny uh, that it took to get him away from the Raiders. He has not been that house wrecker that that uh, everybody thought he would be lately he's been good but not great uh robert quinn came in too now i'm not sure if he's injured or not he did not play well he was supposed to be very good also and hasn't been uh danny trevathan you know it could be you start getting injured like this it can be just a sudden quick decline so um the bears defense they got six guys well i don't know the whole team has six over 30 and several on the defensive side. Um, you got to be fast. You got to be quick. Guys get hurt. You're gonna. They'll play everybody. I don't see this defense being that takeaway defense at all. I, I really just don't see it. I see them being. They hope to be average. People are hoping that they would be really good, but I just don't see it. They got to put it together. And um, you know, they keep getting injured like this. Well, then. It doesn't do much good that you got some great linebacker who's on the uh, physically unable to perform list. So if they don't get the takeaways, they're always bend, don't break. They give up a lot of yards usually, but they got the takeaways. They, they were opportunistic. If they're not that, then how good can this team possibly be? Well, you hope Akeem Hicks has a, a career year. Now, there's a guy. I mean, he's had some really good years. That's He's just a rock in the middle. And when he's not in there, the whole defense suffers. So he, I think he's 31, you know. You just don't know about these guys' bodies at that age. But if the defense isn't really good, well, then, you know, I hate to say it, but you get back to this is just an average team with a lot of expectation. But I don't see anything. You know, Allen Robinson, wide receiver, very good. He's getting older. Um, everything could click. Justin Fields could come in and be Patrick Mahomes, too. That could happen. But unless there's some kind of really off-the-charts performance here from Matt Nagy, too, and the offense particularly, I just don't see the Bears being anything but uh, average. I, my preseason prediction, I think I got all excited and said they'd go 11-6. and six. I just want to give, you know, Chicago and something to hope for because a long winter is not good when the Bears aren't winning. But um, realistically, I, I would, if things work out just right, 11 and six, but otherwise, um, you know, hope for eight and eight. And 11 and six would get them retained pace in Nagy, right? 
I think so. Again, it depends what games you lose and how you lose them. You lose to Green Bay twice, you know. Um, yeah, they got an issue, a situation up there with Rodgers. You know, if he doesn't play well, those fans are going to boo him now. They're, they're not happy about the way he treated them this year. And on the other hand, he's not happy that they, uh, you know, they brought in a quarterback to sit behind him, a first-round pick, and um, didn't get him a wide receiver or something like that. So, you know, there's drama all throughout it. But, yes, you could go 11-6 and six, everybody keeps their jobs. You could go 11-6. and six. I think Lovey Smith went 10-6 and six and got fired. So 11-6 um, and six right now would probably everybody be happy and have a nice Christmas. And you have Leonard Floyd on the other side at the Rams. I don't know why they gave up on him. Well, he was skinny. You know, it's funny. The guy has got a basketball just fine in L.A., boy. He looks like a (laughs) a wrecker. Yeah, well, everybody's on a diet out there. You know, come on. But, yes, okay, so Mitchell Trubisky, and and you got Leonard Floyd, who's doing quite well as an outside linebacker, pass rusher. Um, Mark Potash has a great thing in our paper, friend, and it's the, uh, what is it, the uh, the ex-bear of the week but he calls it something else. It's like uh, somebody the Bears traded and turned out to be really good. And he finds at least one former Bear who has just a spectacular game. Every week it happens, every single week. And I know Leonard Floyd has made that um, his little uh, his little column, uh, you know, every week during last season. Or, you know, several times during last season. I can guarantee you that. I hope Mitchell Trubisky doesn't make that list. <laughs> Two things before we let you go. First of all, what's the Bears' record? Okay. Really, a, not not what it could be or it might be, but what do you think it'll be? Okay, uh, I'll say uh, I'll say nine and eight. Just okay, seems a that's, lot. Seventeen games, man. Yeah, that's right, nine and eight. And then, secondly, will the Bears? play and renew re-up at Soldier Field, or is this Arlington Heights thing really uh, a possibility? Is it no longer the Boyer cried wolf? You never know about the Bears, the McCaskies. I would hope they're serious. Uh, You know, I spent a lot of time at Soldier Field, and that's like uh, the Martians put a very small toilet inside of these cement walls. It just doesn't fit. It's the smallest or close to the smallest stadium in the NFL can't have a Super Bowl because it's too small. doesn't have a roof. doesn't have many amenities. Yeah. It's, it's historic. It's on the lakefront, but I, it just kind of disgusts me to see what they did with it. And I hope they're serious about going to Arlington Heights. I, I may be one of the few people to, to who feel at least Chicago's deserve a, a new stadium, a good one, tear down soldier field entirely and build an entirely new one. You know, those great colonnades that are there, you can't move those. I remember looking at it very closely. Those are just, like, made out of plaster of Paris. They aren't even real. There's wire underneath those things. I was amazed. I thought they were granite. So so you think they will go to Arlington Heights then? Well, I think they're serious about their ploy. Um, I think they were serious before when they were talking about going, when Michael McCaskey had plans for a new stadium and all that um, but, uh, I, I mean, you gotta do something. You can't stay in Soldier Field. This is, this is worse than, I don't think it's the worst stadium, uh, amenities wise in the NFL. I, you know, there may be, it has charm, it has character. I like where it is, 
but it's a mess for parking. It's, um, yeah, there's just a lot of things wrong with it that can't be, you can't put a 10 pound, you know, bag inside this or hammer or whatever, this five pound bag, whatever that, that saying is. And they tried to do it and it's grotesque looking. I can tell you that. And anybody wants to argue that, well, sorry, you lose. And if they move, will the McCaskey family still own it exclusively or will they either have to sell a piece of it or get out of it entirely? Well, that's a real mystery. And a lot depends on uh, Mama Bear, Virginia McCaskey. I mean, she's getting on towards 100 years old. She can't know? live forever. So will the McCaskey I'm not family... Sure about that. Oh, <laughs> okay. Listen, it's only George Hallis and her. Think of that. Two people owners. basically started, owners started the NFL. I mean, it's incredible. But you're right. She can't live forever. Even I must die someday. So when it does happen, I don't see how you can keep this whole thing together. It's a, I know it'll be a nightmare. Fran, you probably looked at the ownership and there's so many McCaskies and there's so many other owners and it's so hard to divvy it up. And I, I just, it, God knows what would happen then. And we should mention also that Patrick Ryan has a slice of it. He and uh, I forget who his partner is, but has a 19.6% oh, yeah. share. So keep stay tuned on that one and keep an eye on him. Rick Tallender, thanks so much for your preview. And we look forward to the season, I hope. And I hope we don't lose our hope quickly. <laughs> and we will see you all next week. Thanks, Rand.